Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for... God, just thank you for the heart of people that just wants to do something for, for you. God, through whatever that venue may be, God, if it's through a pancake breakfast, God, if it's through an envelope thing, God, if it's something else, whatever it is, God, there's so many different ways, God, that we can, we can give towards missions. And God, we can see the, the, uh, the word of God spread across this great nation, Father, not, a, not only around our world, but God, even in our backyard. And God, I just pray that today, Father, that we would just get a new passion, a new vision, Father, to, to reach the lost. Because, God, there are people, as Logan said, these young ladies, even at a young age of seven and eight years old, are being sold into sex slavery, Father. That they need to be rescued. Those are your, those are your babies that you created, Father. So, God, I pray that we, we can do everything we can, Father, to raise money to save these girls and to save these people around this world. Through the mighty name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for this day. Bless this offering. Bless everything about this day. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen and amen. I want to share just a few announcements with you this morning. I know Logan's already shared some things with you. Um, Teresa wanted me to share an announcement for the ladies next Saturday. Next Saturday at 4.30 is the ladies' life rally. And she, at New Liberty Tabernacle of Praise, that's over in East Gadsden, over by Gadsden State. If you need more information about that, you can see her. Uh, they're asking for the ladies that come to bring gift cards and those kind of things to, to help with our missions, our, our ladies in missions, to, to buy you know, bedding and sheets and just all kind of stuff. So if, you're, if you can go, you guys can see her because she would love to take a group of, of ladies with her uh, to, to attend that next Saturday. How many of you guys are ready for the word this morning? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, that's where we're going to land out this morning. But before we get there, by the show of hands, how many of you guys have ever had a bad haircut before? Raise your hand if you've ever had a bad haircut. I mean, it was so bad that you, were, you, were, you didn't even want to go outside. Amen? The next question is this, ladies and men, how many of you guys get your haircut every four to six weeks? Raise your hand. How many of you guys ever do it every, every two to four weeks? Raise your hand. How many of you guys get your hair cut every week? Anybody? It's okay, Michael. You can raise your hand. <laughs> Michael's like, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, but today I want to share a, a message simply called bad haircuts. Called bad haircuts. Um, I usually try to get my hair cut every two weeks. Um, and for, for many, many years, ever since Teresa graduated from cosmetology school, she used to cut my hair all the time. I mean, no one had touched my hair in probably, I don't know, 25, 26 years, I guess. And, um, and she can tell you, I'm pretty picky when it comes to haircuts. I know it doesn't look, right, look that way right now, but I'm, I'm pretty picky when it comes to, to haircuts. And, um, and so this morning, I want to, or before I say this, let me say this, I remember this last year, I started going to a barber for the first time ever since she graduated from, from cosmetology school, and I've never seen anybody so more, more excited that she didn't have to have cut my hair anymore, that she was doing a victory dance in the kitchen. She's like, yeah, come on, crazy Jesus, that she didn't have to cut my hair anymore because she didn't want to deal with me anymore. So, um, but this morning, I want, to share, I want to share a sermon titled, Bad Haircuts. 
Because how you know that, that a bad haircut can change everything? A bad haircut can change your attitude. It can change the way you look at things. It's just, it can just throw your world into a crazy, crazy place. Because how many know that for some of us, our hair is our prized possession? Because if you don't believe me, just mess with somebody's hair and you'll find out real quickly how much they love their hair. Because you might get an uppercut if you try to touch that, 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 that hair that they've been working on all day. So, but I want to share a message today from Judges chapter 16, verses 17. So if you'll stand with me this morning as we read God's Word. Judges chapter 16, starting with verse 17. I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version, so it may be a little different than what you're reading this morning. It says this, And he told her all his heart, and he said to her, A razor has never come upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought money and brought the money in their hands. She said uh, she lulled him asleep on her knees, and she called a man. Uh, and she called a man, and he shaved off seven locks of his head. Then he began to torment him, and his strength had left him. And he said, "The Philistines are upon you, Samson." And he woke up from from a deep sleep and said, "I will go out after them as I've done other times and shake myself free." But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles and, 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 he, ground, and he began to ground uh, grain at the mill in the prison. A bad haircut can change everything. Here's a guy in the Old Testament that, that received the worst haircut of all time. He, he received the worst haircut of all time and it began to change everything about him. Everything about this haircut changed his life because of one moment and one decision that he made in his life that led him to receiving the worst haircut he had ever had. Pray with me this morning. Father, we love you today. And I prayed over these next few moments as I share this word that you've laid upon my heart today, God, that you would open up our hearts and our ears to understand, Jesus, that even in the little decisions that we make in this life, God, that they lead to bigger things. Little decisions lead to bigger things, God. And I pray today, Father, for whoever this message is for, God, if it's for every one of us today, or if, God, if it's just for one person, God, I pray that you would touch their heart and you would open up their minds and their ears and their heart to receive from you today. And God, we thank you in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. You can be seated. You got to understand something about this story. There's a few things that led Samson to, to get a bad haircut. Before Samson was ever born, you've read the story, you know the story, but I want to kind of give you a little back, back vision of the story this morning. And you see, God had set up some guidelines and some boundaries that Samson was supposed to stay away from. That ever, even before he was born, he set up these boundaries. He set up these things that, that Samson was supposed to stay away from. And you see, Samson had been set apart to do great things for God. He was going to be the next great leader for God. But, but somewhere along the way, Samson began to mess with things that he wasn't supposed to mess with. He didn't stay away from the things that God had told him to stay away, uh, stay away from. And it began to cost him certain things in his life. 
The first thing, Samson was supposed to stay away from anything that was dead. He wasn't supposed to touch any kind of dead carcass or anything that was dead. And if you read the story, you will find him sticking his hands in a dead carcass, pulling out this honey, and he began to eat it as he was skipping down to, to his next location. You see, Samson was supposed to stay away from Philistines and, or Philistine women. He, and the bad thing about it is he married one and then he fell in love with another. In other words, he was sleeping with the enemy. He was sleeping with the enemy. The Philistines were, were God's enemy at that time. And, and he was sent them out to, to bring uh, destruction upon God's people. And Samson was now shacked up with one. So a man that was set apart from the very uh, time he was conceived to this moment to do great things for God, he began to mess around with things that he wasn't supposed to mess around with. Little decisions led him to having a bad haircut. A little decision changed his whole life. A little decision threw his life into a complete whirlwind to where he, didn't, he wasn't able to achieve great and mighty things for God like God had intended him to achieve. But you see, and then the other one was that there was a, never a razor supposed to touch his head or to ever get a haircut in his life, but this haircut changed everything about him. You see, he met a man named Delilah who didn't care really anything about Samson. She didn't have his best interests in mind. She didn't really love him. She didn't really care for him. She wanted, him to, she wanted to basically destroy him. She wanted to take away what God had given him. She knew that he had been sent to deliver God's people, but she was out to destroy him. And so she gave him the worst haircut he'd ever had in his life. You see, this haircut represents how little by little Samson lived in disobedience to the things that God was calling him to, live, to stay away from. He lived in disobedience to God. He lived in disobedience to the things that God called him to be set apart from, but he got called up in those things and he began to live a life that wasn't pleasing to God. It all started with a dead carcass which ended with him cost, costing him everything in his life. You see, Samson wrecked his life. Samson wrecked his life, a life that God intended to do something great with. And can I tell you this morning is this, is Satan is wrecking lives all around our world today. He's wrecking lives even in our church as we speak today that little by little people are getting trapped up in the lies of the enemy. They're getting bad haircuts. They're making terrible decisions. And they don't think it's ever really going to change anything. They don't really think it's ever going to make a difference in their life. But I'm telling you here today that it will make a difference in your life when you begin to make little decisions because little decisions lead to bigger decisions. It will change everything about your life. Well, pastor, it's really not that big of a deal when I tell a little lie. Yes, it is. Pastor, it's not that really big of a deal when I do this. Yes, it is. Every little decision that you do against what God has called you to do will influence your life and will lead you to getting a bad haircut that will change everything about your life. It will change everything about your life. It is a big deal. And I want you to understand that this morning. If you're playing around with sin, you better leave it alone because it will impact you. It will change your life. A little lie will change everything. No one will ever know, Pastor. No one will ever know how I do these things. No one ever sees how I do these things. Yes, they will. They will know what's going on in your life by one little decision that you choose to make by doing something that you know God has called you not to do. Pastor, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And I'm telling you this morning, I've had conversations with people who told me that very thing. It's really not that big of a deal, Pastor. 
And I looked at them and I said, yes, it is a big deal. And later on in life, I watched their life fall apart because of the little decisions that they made early on destroyed everything that God had wanted them to do in their life. So little decisions really matter in our life. Satan is out there to mess your life up. I don't know if you know that today. I don't know if you've ever, you know, newsflash, I want to tell you today, this is coming straight from Fox News this morning. Satan is out there to mess your life up. He's out to destroy you. He's out to destroy everything that God has for your life. He's out to destroy your marriage. He's out to destroy your family. He's out to destroy your children. He's out to destroy your witness in this life. And if you're not careful, it will happen quicker than you ever thought it would. So little decisions impact our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 says this. It says, your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like little yeast that spreads throughout the whole batch of dough? A little sin spreads throughout the whole life and it begins to ruin the whole life. A little, a little, ye, a little ye, sin in the yeast destroys the whole bunch. It destroys the whole thing in your life. And so please be careful with what you're dealing with and looking at in your life because it will affect you. You see, Samson's haircut represents wrong decisions that piled up over time. That no matter how small they seem that they are, no matter how small or even important to you that they seem that they are, they will add up and eventually they'll cost you and where you will lose everything. Your family, your marriage, your job, all of these things can be lost by our little decisions that we make in our life. You may be here today and maybe you're the one that's making those little decisions in your life. I want to tell you today, you need to get rid of them. Don't compromise things in your life just to get a feeling. Don't compromise things in your life just to, get a, a, to feel this certain way or to feel that way. Don't compromise what you know in your heart is wrong because it will affect you and it will affect others around you. It's the little things that destroys, destroys it all. So this morning, I want to share just some things that I feel like God's laid on my heart about this scripture and about what I feel like God's going to say to us today. James chapter 4, verses 7, it says, So humble yourselves before God. And it says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Last week, we talked about God's vision for your life. If you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to go check out the podcast and how, and how we talked about God's vision for your life. I want to tell you today, God has a vision and a plan and a purpose for your life. But I also want to tell you this, the enemy does too. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life and it's, it's to, uh, to destroy everything about who you are. Because every time that you see a great move of God anywhere, you can guarantee that the enemy is going to be close behind trying to destroy what God is wanting to do in your life or in the church. John chapter 10 verses 10 says this, it says a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. How many of you guys want full life this morning? I'm not asking if you want to live. I'm asking you, do you want full life and in, in, in everything that God has for you? Then we got to live how God's called us to live. That's every one of us in this room today, starting with me. The enemy wants to rob us of the very things that God has prepared us for. He doesn't want you to go out and witness. He doesn't want you to go out and do these things because he wants to destroy the very things in your life. So this morning, I want to share five things with you real quickly that I feel like God has spoke to me about this scripture this morning. Number one is this. The enemy wants to take your vision. The enemy wants to take your vision. Look at verse 21. It says, then the Philistines seized him, and then it says, then they gouged out his eyes, and they took him down to Gaza. The Bible says that they seized him, 
gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. Samson's little decisions along the way cost him his vision. In that moment, Samson never thought that when he was dealing with a dead carcass, when he was messing around with things he wasn't supposed to be messing around with, he never thought that he would have his eyes gouged out. He lost his vision. He lost his vision by the ones, the enemy, that he was sent to destroy. The very ones that he was sent to destroy is the ones who took his vision. You see, Samson lost his spiritual vision before he ever lost his physical vision. Samson lost his vision. He lost his way somewhere along the way. And he lost his vision, not only spiritually, but he lost it physically. So the the enemy of this world is out to take your vision, the vision that God has for you, the vision that God has laid out beside you or for every one of us. He's wanting to take your vision away from you. Why? Because God's got a plan and a purpose for your life and he wants to steal the vision that God has for you. He wants to steal the vision that God has for you. See, Samson lost his vision when he began to compromise in the little things. Samson lost his vision when he began to compromise In the little things, he lost God's vision. You see, the enemy will begin to blur your vision. He will make you see things that you couldn't see any longer. He will will show things to you that that will blur your vision, that makes you think a little bit differently. And I want to tell you this morning, be careful. And if your vision is blurred this morning, I want to tell you, start looking towards God where your vision comes from this morning. Because He wants to blur your vision. He wants to steal your vision. He wants you to make bad choices. He wants your life to be destroyed just like He destroyed Samson's life because of small choices or little decisions that He made in His life. You see, Samson not only went to... uh, Excuse me, Delilah not only went to Samson one time, but she went to him two other times and asked him specifically what calls... Where do you get your strength from? And then the first time he tells her, he says, listen, if you will take these seven bowstrings and tie me up, I will lose my strength. Guess what she did? She did it. She did exactly what, what Samson told her to do. The next time he says, listen, if you will take these new ropes and bound me up and tie me up, I will lose my strength. Guess what? She did. She did exactly what he said for her to do. And then the third time he says to her, he says, if you weave seven braids into my head, into this fabric, and tighten it, he says, I will lose my strength. Guess what? She did. Can I tell you this morning, this is a picture of how many times the enemy will come after you because he's trying to destroy you and he's trying to take your vision away from you. And I don't understand why Samson didn't see it. She she was trying to destroy him. She was trying to kill him. She was trying to take everything away from him in that moment, but yet he never did see it. You know why? Because his vision was blurry. His vision was blurry and he couldn't see it because of the little decisions that he began to make in his life. Can I tell you this morning, anything that you allow the enemy to do to your life, guess what? He will do it. Everything that Samson said to her, she did it. Because she was out to destroy him. She was out to take everything that God had for his life. He's wanting to take your vision away from you. He's wanting to take everything from your life. Don't allow the enemy to take your vision. Don't allow the enemy to steal your vision. Your God-given vision that God has placed upon your life this morning. Number two is this. The enemy wants to take your strength. 
Not only does he want to take your vision, but he wants to take your strength. Look at verse 19. And putting him asleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And so he began to, and she began to subdue him. And the Bible says that he lost his strength. In that moment, his strength was gone because of a bad decision. A bad haircut cost him his strength. Samson lost his strength to to resist the enemy. Do you see that this morning? Samson lost his strength to resist the enemy. When he woke up, he couldn't do anything about it because his strength was gone. His strength was taken from him in that moment because of little decisions that he made along the way. You see, Samson at one time was defeating the enemy, and now the enemy is defeating him. He had defeated the enemies. If you read the story, there were times where he defeated some of the Philistines, and now the very enemy that he was sent to to destroy is now destroying him. Took his vision, they took his strength in that moment in his life. Why? Because of one little decision they decided to to make in his life. You see, disobedience weakens your ability to resist the enemy. Disobedience will weaken our ability to resist the enemy. Disobedience will weaken our ability to resist Him. You see, when we compromise in the little things, can I tell you that this morning? When we compromise in the little things, it gets easier and easier to lose our strength. When you compromise in the small things, it gets easier and easier to lose your strength. Things that used to bother you will no longer bother you anymore. Things that you would see on TV or things that you would hear in your ears that would bother you at one time, when you begin to lose your strength, when you begin to lose your vision, it doesn't bother you anymore. You can watch things on TV or you can listen to things on TV or even on the radio or whatever is happening. You can listen to things and it doesn't bother you anymore. Why? Because he's taking your vision and he's taking your strength. You see, the enemy doesn't play around. He's not here to play with your life. He's here to destroy your life. Disobedience causes your convictions to change. You see, sometimes we change our convictions. We know something's wrong, but yet we still want to do it anyway, and we do. Disobedience will cause you to change your convictions. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 13, it says this, But exhort one another every single day, as as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Do you understand how deceitful sin is? Do you understand how deceitful the enemy is? Sin is deceitful. But can I also tell you this? Sin is also fun for a season. Can I just put that? It, it is fun. It is fun for a season. But it becomes no longer fun when it's got its grips wrapped around your life and putting you to sleep. See, it's fun for a little bit. It's fun to stay out of church. It's fun to do this. It's fun to do all these. It's fun to open up and do this and do that. It's fun for a little while until Satan's got his his hands around your life, taking everything that God had intended for your life. It's deceitful. He's deceitful. But he's trying to destroy us this morning. See, Samson was, was he was having fun, but something tells me that when he was asleep, when his strength was taken from him, it wasn't a fun moment. When normally he could wake up and just defeat everything that was standing in front of him, he didn't have the strength to do it anymore. He didn't have the strength to resist the devil or the enemy over his life. The position that Samson was in that moment started with one decision. One decision. You see, the enemy wants to take your strength. Number three is this. Not only does he want to take your vision, not only does he want to take your strength, but he also wants to take your freedom. 
He wants to take your freedom. Verses 21 says, binding him with bronze shackles. In that moment, he wasn't a free man anymore. He was bound by shackles. He was bound by decisions that he made in his life, and he was in prison grinding grain. He wasn't free anymore because of the little decisions that he made in his life. A free man is now shackled and in prison. The man that was supposed to bring freedom to God's people is now bound by the enemy, the very enemy who he was called to defeat. You see, it starts with one little decision. It starts with one little thing that will lead you to having a bad haircut in your life that changes everything about who you are. One little decision, one little thing. You see, I began to read in Genesis 13 this week, and I remember the story of Abram and Lot. And they had a, a little quarrel in their life, and, and, and Abram told Lot, to, hey, just choose whatever you want to do. What, if you choose that area, I'll go the other way. But notice that Lot began to see something on the other side that, that brought his vision to that side. The land was a little bit greener. It, was a little, it would look really good to him, but he didn't realize that he was moving close to where sin lived. Sodom was a, was a nasty city, but he chose to move near Sodom, which later changed his entire life because of one decision. You see, the enemy wants to take your vision. He wants to take your strength. He wants to take your freedom in your life. You see, the enemy is going to make, make sin look so enticing to you. He's going to make it look so good to your flesh. And I want to tell you this morning is this. He's not going to show up in a red suit with some horns and a long tail and a pitchfork. He's not going to show up like that. He's going to show up in a way where it's going to entice you. He didn't show up in the, in the garden that day dressed in a, in a red suit with a pitchfork and a long tail and horns on his head. He showed up in a serpent. God's creation he showed up in. So the enemy will use people to bring deceitfulness in your life. He will, bring, he will use people to bring things in your life that God never intended for them to be in your life because of some small decision that you made. Little by little, it changes everything. 1 John chapter 2, verses 16 says this, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is how enemy destroys our life. It's how he destroys our life by those three things. You see, the enemy doesn't tell you what he's going to do. He doesn't tell you that there's a hook in the middle of that thing that looks really good to you. But what, his, what he wants you to do is this. He wants you to keep coming back to it and taking little bitty bites out of it. And then he wants you to come back and take another little bite out of it. And then he wants you to come back and take another little bite out of it. And then the last bite that you take, you get, you get that hook in your mouth. And guess who's holding the other end of the pole? Satan. And he sets the hook and he's got you hooked in your life. Because you decided to go back. And you decided to go back. And you decided to go back because you never thought it would ever affect you in your life. But it does. It affects everything about who you are. Satan wants to hook you by the hook. But I want to tell you this morning, Jesus wants to set you free. Satan is trying to hook you. Jesus is trying to set you free. So please be careful what you look at and what you allow in your life because it will impact you, but it will also impact your children. John chapter 8, verses 36 says this, So if the Son is set free, you are free indeed. If Jesus says that you're free, then you are free. Live a life of freedom. Number four is this. Miss Karen, if you will join me on the stage. The fourth thing is this. The enemy wants you to work for him. 
The enemy wants you to work from him. He wants to take your vision. He wants to take your strength. He wants to take your freedom, but he wants you to work for him. He wants you to work for him. Look at the second part of verse 21. It says this. They set him grinding grain in the prison. So who is he working for? The enemy. He was working for the Philistines in prison, shackled, lost his freedom. Now he's working for the enemy. Samson was at one time working for God, but now he's working for the enemy. Satan knows that God wants something incredible for your life. And he's going to do everything he can to get you to join his team. He's going to get you to do everything that he wants you to do in this life because he doesn't want you to make a difference for him. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to realize that you have a plan and a purpose, nor does he want you to fulfill that plan and that purpose in your life. See, I thought about this week. You see, Judas made people b- believe that he was on Jesus' side. But he wasn't. He wasn't on Jesus' side. He wasn't working for Jesus. He didn't care anything about it, even though God, Jesus chose him, God or Jesus handpicked him. Can I tell you today, he never produced anything for Jesus. Not one time did he ever produce anything for Jesus. Not one time did he ever make a difference for Jesus. And the sad thing about it is this. He sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He sold him for 30 pieces of silver. My thought was to me this week is, Chad, what would you sell Jesus over? Chad, what would you sell Jesus over? What would you do to throw everything away that God has done in your life in this moment? Judas sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Gave God away, gave Jesus away to the other side. He never was on Jesus' side. I want to ask you this morning, are you influencing people toward God or are you influencing people away from God? Is your life influencing people towards God? Is your life influencing people away from God? Because you got to understand, God's called you to be an influencer. We influence people by, by how we live. We influence people by how we talk. We influence people by how we love. We influence people by how we serve. Are we on the right team? Are we, are we, are we making a difference in somebody else's life because you're an influencer? And the last thing is this. The enemy wants to take your anointing. The enemy wants to take your anointing. He wants to take your vision. He wants to take your strength. He wants to take your, your freedom. He wants, to take your, uh, he wants you to work for him. And the last thing is this, is that he wants to take your anointing. He wants to take the anointing off of your life. Look at verse 20 this morning. It says this. It says, Then she called Samson. The Philistines are upon you. He woke up from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. He did not know that the strength, that the power, that the anointing of God was gone off his life in that moment. A man that was set to do incredible things for God got caught up in the little things that caused him to change everything about who he was. And he lost his life. He lost his life. He didn't even know his strength was gone out of his life. He couldn't do anything to the enemy. He couldn't fight back. He couldn't couldn't go out in war because the anointing of God was no longer on his life. Because of one decision or small decisions that led to a bad haircut in his life. 
See, you got to understand something about the anointing. The anointing is God's power on your life to accomplish God's goal. That's what the anointing is. It's God's power on your life to accomplish something good for God. You see, you're never going to be able to accomplish anything good for God without His power. Without His anointing, without His power, it's never going to be good. You're not going to be able to do what God's called you to do. The anointing in Samson's life was gone. He was set apart to do great things, but he lost the power, the anointing of God. You see, God told the 120 to go up to the upper upper room and wait for the promise, to wait for the power. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4, it says this. It says, on one occasion, while he, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. Acts chapter 1, 8 says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the earth. Do you understand how important the anointing of God is on your life? Because without it, you will never be able to accomplish the things that God has for you. Luke chapter 24, verse 49 says, I'm going to send you, uh, send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You have to have the power of God in your life to make a difference outside. It's not going to happen without the anointing. It's not going to happen without the power. It's so important that we have the anointing of God on our life because that's where we begin to make a difference because we understand it's not us, but it's God working through us. See, God began to, God wanted to send them out to build the church. God wanted them to send them out to save people. God wanted to send them out to heal people. God wanted to send them out to deliver people, but they couldn't go until they got the, the power or the anointing. See, Samson drifted. Little decision by little decision by little decision to where his power was no longer in his life. It's no longer in his life. I want to tell you this morning is this. If you've drifted away from God, if you made those little decisions that's impacted you to do something that you know you're not supposed to be doing, can I tell you this morning, it's never too late. Can I give you some good news this morning? It's never too late for God to change your life. For God to begin to do something new in your life. Because you got to understand something about this story. There's a really, really interesting uh, end to this story. Because if you look at verse 22, it says this. After his head was shaved, after he's working for the enemy, after his freedom was taken from him, the Bible says, but his hair began to grow again. His hair began to grow again. He began to, his, the thing that, that gave him his strength, the thing that gave him his power began to grow again. The, the thing that the enemy took away from him and the enemy thought he had won, it began to grow again. Just like the enemy, when Jesus was laying in the tomb, he thought he had won. Then Jesus began to breathe again. And he came forth out of the tomb realizing, and the enemy realized, hey, I have no power over him. I have no power over him at all. But his hair began to grow. See, what's amazing about when you get a bad haircut is this, is that your hair will grow back. You may have to deal with it for a little bit, but your hair will grow back. It's the same thing about Samson. He got a bad haircut, but his hair began to grow again. See, God is a God of second chances. 
God is a God of third chances. God is a God of 573rd chances. I don't even know how to say it. I can't count that high. But God is a God of second chances this morning. And can I tell you this morning, whatever the enemy's taken from you, God can make it grow again. If it's your vision, He can give it back to you. If it's your strength, He can give it back to you. If it's your freedom, He can give it back to you. If it's your anointing, He can give it back to you. After all that Samson had been through, after all that he allowed himself to get caught up in, he began to cry out to God again. He began to cry out to God, and he began to cry out to God in a way it says this in verse 28, and then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just one more time. And let me with one blow get revenge on, all the, on the Philistines for my two eyes. And in that moment, he killed more Philistines than he did before that moment ever happened. Because God gave him his strength back. God began to destroy the enemy that was in Samson's life, that called him, that took his freedom, that took his vision, that took his strength in his life. He killed more Philistines in that moment than he did prior to that. But can I tell you this morning... That was never the road for him to walk down. He just made that decision. But God used that bad decision and he turned it around for good. You see, we make bad decisions all the time and we're like, well, God, God, God's given up on me. No, he hasn't. He hasn't given up on you. You got to stop giving up on yourself. See, you give up on yourself too easy. Well, I, I've messed up this week, Pastor. You don't understand. No, I understand because I, I mess up every single day. But it's by grace and mercy and love that, you know what, I know where I can go to than when I mess up. I know when my vision starts to get blurred, I know where I can go to. When my strength begins to get a little weak, I know where I can go to. When my freedom feels like it's taken from me, I know where I can go to. And that is to the one who gave it to me. The one who gave me my vision. The one who gave me my strength. The one who gave me my freedom. The one that he's called me to, to, to be on his team. And the one who also gave me my anointing. You see, nobody in this room or any other church ever gave me my anointing. God gave it to me. No one ever called me to be a pastor. God called me. God called me. And can I tell you, I've, I've, I've veered off the, the road a little bit, but I can, I can tell you this, when my vision was blurred, I had people in my life to get me straight, straight, straightened back up. But his hair began to grow again. His hair began to grow again. God is a God of second chances. I don't know who that's for this morning, but God's a God of second chances. If you would, I want you to stand with me this morning and all over this place, if you would, just for a few moments this morning, just bow your heads. You see, it doesn't, it doesn't call for a big sin to pull you away from God. It's the little sins that destroy the whole batch. And there may be somebody here today that says, Pastor, I, I, I've, been, I've been making some choices. I've been looking at some things on the internet I'm not supposed to. I've been doing some things I'm not supposed to. I'm caught up in some things that, that I know is wrong, but I just need God to, to do something in my life. God's a God of second chances. God's a God of second chances. That whatever the enemy's taken from you, God can give it back to you. The question is, is are you going to cry out to him?
Are you going to do like Samson did and begin to cry out to God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I need you in my life. I failed miserably in this area, God, but I know that you can change my life. God, I know that you can make a difference in my life. God, I know that you're calling me to live a different way in front of my family, God. You've called me to live a different way in front of my coworkers, God. You've called me to do certain things in my life, but God, I've, I, I'm still not living that way, but it's never too late. I ask you this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, I ask you if that's you, would you just slip your hand up because I just want to pray for you this morning. If you know somebody that's in that position, if you know somebody that's making some decisions that's not good for their life, that you just see like it's, it's affecting them, but it's also affecting other people around them, begin to pray for that person right now. If that's you, say, Pastor, that's me. I just I want you to just, will you, will you pray for me this morning? Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Church, I want you to pray with me this morning, if you would. Just right where you're standing right now, just begin to pray and just ask God to move in, in, in that life this morning, if you would. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you saw the hand that was lifted this morning. God, you see the need. You see the situation. God, you know what's going on. And God, as a church this morning, we surround that life with prayer. We surround that life, God, with everything that they need uh, today because, God, you've called us to stand in the gap for those that sometimes can't stand for themselves. And God, that's what we want to do today, God, is, is, is to realize that, God, you're a God of second chances. That God, that even when I mess up, God, I don't have to live miserably, God. I don't have to throw the towel in and give up on myself because, God, you haven't given up on me. God, there's not a person in this room, God, that, that you've given up on today. No matter how we live. But God, right now in this place, we surrender our life to you all over again. We just, at this moment, God, we just say, Father, here's my life. I surrender it to you, Jesus. Surrender it to you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, just, just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him right now. Come on, just begin to worship him for what he's doing in that life right now. Just begin to give him praise. God, thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you, God, for your power, God. We thank you, Father, for that strength, God. We thank you, Father, for that vision that's being restored this morning in that life, God. We thank you for that, that freedom that's being restored in that life right now, Jesus. God, we thank you for that, 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 that strength that's being strengthened right now in their life, God, that you're restoring it in their life today, Jesus. Because, God, without you, we're nothing. Without you, we're nothing. Hallelujah, Jesus. For just a moment, would you reach over and just begin to pray for the person standing beside you this morning? Just lay your hands on them and just begin to just to say a, 
a word of, word of encouragement. The Bible says to encourage one another to not fall victim to sin or sin's deceitfulness. But just pray a, a prayer of encouragement over them today. God, I pray that you would encourage your people, God. God, I pray that as the church is what we're doing right now, God, is so important to encourage one another, God, to pray for one another, God, because we all need prayer, God. We all need that person, God, that will pray for us and encourage us because we need that encouragement in our life because we have moments of discouragement that we face in this life. God, so all over this room right now, God, from my left to my right, God, people are praying for one another, God, encouraging one another not to fall victim to sin or sin's deceitfulness, but to stand strong against the enemy and do exactly what the Bible says, to resist him, to resist him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I do believe that God is doing some incredible things in our church. I just, I just sense that there's this, this, this awakening that's happening in our lives. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what God's going to do and what God has already done. I'm excited about the people that God's going to bring into our church. I'm excited about the people who are going to get saved. I'm excited about the people who are going to receive freedom. I'm excited about the people who are going to be anointed by God to, to make a difference in their community. I'm excited in my spirit this morning that God is doing something. Amen? He's doing something. I just sense it in my spirit. God, I thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, God. But as we leave this place today, I, I pray for strength. That you would strengthen us today, Jesus. That you would encourage us today, Jesus. Be bold in our faith to be courageous in our faith, to stand up for what we know is right, God, and not to be pushed down by the enemy, but to stand strong for what we know is true in our life. And I pray for every person here today as we leave this place, strengthen us, guide us, lead us in everything that we do. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Don't forget to pick up an envelope and to help raise money for Speed of Light. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.